Open your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 19. Here this is speaking of a man named Naaman. He is a uh, commander of the Syrian army, and he um, he is a leper. He is a leper, and he is seeking to be healed. And uh, so verse 1 through 3 you know, he goes and, and the Syrians, they actually went on to a raid. They went and raided the land of Israel. And they came back with this with this uh, young girl from the land of Israel. And um, this young girl went to Naaman's house and she was a servant of Naaman's wife. Now, this young girl knew of Naaman's leprosy. And verse 3, she says, If then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Speaking of Elisha. And verse 4, And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. So Naaman's master would be the king of Syria. Now verse 5, Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. Verse 7, And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive, that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. I love to know that this man Naaman's heart to be healed was so great that he was willing to you know, remember, these people are not traveling in vehicles or planes. These guys are walking or riding. They're riding horses, actually. This man, we, we'll see later that he has horses and a chariot. That doesn't go very fast. So these people are willing to, to go all this way just to be healed. And I love the fact that they know, though these are pagans who are serving idols and other gods in Syria, they know where the true living God is, and that was at that time only in Israel. And the Lord though, the Lord is so merciful that it doesn't matter who you are. He if you came from Syria, if you came from Babylon, if you came from anywhere, if you came with a seeking heart, the Lord was willing to was willing to heal you and really willing to save you. And we're going to see that. And I think that's important for us to remember today. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, doesn't matter where you come from, what's the color of your skin or your background. If you have a seeking heart and you have a repentive heart, the Lord wants to forgive you, but you've got to take that step. You've got to go that distance and you've got to say, Lord, I really want to be healed. I really want to be saved from my sin. And he'll do it if you really if you really trust him and really want him to. So this man Naaman, he he's traveling. He comes, the letter is given to the king of Israel. Israel's saying, Hey, who am I? That I'm gonna save this guy and that I'm gonna heal this guy of his leprosy. And so, verse 8, we pick up. 
So it was, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. So it's very simple. Naaman, Elisha hears of, of this man, Naaman, who made the king tear his clothes. Elisha says, hey, send him my way, and he's going to know that there really is a true prophet of the Lord in the land of Israel. And Elisha's, think about how simple that is. Elisha, or, or Naaman's got leprosy. And Elisha just says, hey, he tells one of his servants, go out there, meet Naaman, tell him, hey, go wash in the Jordan seven times, come out, you're going to be clean. Simple. So simple. Look at verse 11. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Verse 12, Are not the Abinai and the and the Pharapar and the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. What a fool. And, and I don't think there's any difference, though. Listen, the plan for salvation that God has laid out is so simple. It's grace that we are, it's by grace that we are saved, not by works. Unless that we should boast of ourselves. Look at, the Lord made it so simple. In John chapter 6, he says this. Here's how simple salvation is. Ready? John 6, verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He sent. Simple. And if you believe that God sent His only Son to die for you, then you must confess your sins to Him and ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to move into your heart. That's a sign that you truly do believe. But just like Naaman, we we don't like the way the Lord wants us to do things. The Lord gives us a simple task. He says, go do this. And we say, we instantly say, I don't like the way you want me to do it. I want to do it my way. And so we instantly start griping. We start complaining and arguing with the Lord. And we, and we just walk away frustrated and pouting and saying, we're going to do it my way. Not so. Not so. We need to do it the way the Lord says. That's the only way. I really don't think we're much different than Naaman here. Again, Naaman's saying, hey, he's got this simple task. Go wash yourself seven times in the river. You're going to be clean of your leprosy. But instead he says, no, I'm going to do it my way. Couldn't I have done it this way or that way? And think about it. He was going to just straight up leave. He went away. and That's how it ends in verse 12. So he turned and went away in rage. Why? Because he couldn't get any. He, he wanted to do it his way. He wanted to go by his own works instead of the way the Lord said it. And that's just like so many people is they want to get saved 
by their own works. And God says, you're not saved by works, it's by my grace alone. We can't take any credit for it. All the glory and all the honor and all the credit goes to the Lord Jesus and what he did on the cross. And we've got to really remember that. Our good works are a byproduct of our faith in Christ. That is the fruit that the Holy Spirit has moved into our hearts. It is not going to get us brownie points with the Lord. It is pure evidence that we have truly repented and given our life to Jesus. The Lord says and through James, he says, you know, faith without works is dead. So works are necessary, but not for salvation. Works are just evidence that you are saved. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. So let's continue. Verse 13, And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean? So the servants of, of Naaman came up and kind of knocked some sense into him and were saying, Hey, dude. This is really simple. So look, verse 14. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Simple, guys. Simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Simple. Don't complicate it. Verse 15 through 16. And he returned to the man of God. He and all his aides, and came and stood before him, and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now therefore, please take a gift from your servant. Again, he's so, so Naaman comes back to uh, Elisha, and now he's saying, Look, I know there's no other God in, in, the, in the earth except for in Israel. This is the true living God. Praise God that he's realized that. Remember, this man's coming from idols. But again, he's trying to, to pay his way in. He's trying to say, look, now take these gifts from me. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags to the Lord. He just wants, a, he wants our hearts. He wants us to seek him, to desire to know him more. And we do that through prayer and through his word. We're constantly wanting to take credit for things, and we, we need to get rid of that. We need to die to that. Verse 16, I love this about Elisha, very humble. But he said, as the Lord lives, before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. I like that. I like that Elisha, I, I like to think that Elisha knew that it was the Lord who healed him. And why would he take any credit? Why would he take any gift? Whenever it was the Lord who did it, he's saying, look, no, you don't give me anything. God did this for you. Put your faith in him and walk with him for the rest of your days. Serve him. And remember what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 8. He, as he sent in this portion of scripture, he sent out the, the 12 apostles. And he's saying, you know, look, verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Here it is. Freely you have received, freely give. So don't take any gifts. Don't be taking any money or 
for for healing people. No, I gave you this gift, now freely give it to other people. And I think we all need to really have that heart. A lot of, you know, they have things where you send in money overseas and then to to Israel and they'll they'll send you back this they'll say hey I'll pray for you and they might send you like a like a rug of some sort I think and you know just ridiculous things we need to have the heart of humility and I think Elisha really showed that here verse 17 so Naaman said then if not please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth for your servant will no longer offer either burnt offering or sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. That's what God was wanting. God was wanting his heart. He wasn't wanting his gifts. And that's what the Lord wants from all of us. He doesn't want our works. He doesn't want our He doesn't want anything that we offer. Because there's nothing that we can offer him. There's nothing that we can offer him that is worth of anything except for our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our hearts in total devotion to serving Him for the rest of our days. We need to offer Him our lives as an instrument to be used by Him, to bring Him glory and honor in every aspect of our life. That's what He wants. And then He says, just let me live through you, walk in the Spirit, stay close to me, and I want to use you for my glory. But we've got to be willing to leave the flesh to die to the flesh, to leave our sinful nature and walk with Him. And the next point that we're going to make is, well, I think that is one of the biggest failures of Naaman here. So Naaman has Naaman's come to this new faith, though. Naaman has said, there's no other God in the earth except for in Israel. So he's realized all that, all, all that idol worship, everything, that was phony. This is where the true God is. And so now he's saying, look, I'm not going to serve any other idols. I'm going to only sacrifice to the Lord. I like that. Now verse 18, yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the temple of Ryman to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow down in the temple of Ryman. When I bow down in the temple of Ryman, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. Then he said to him, go in peace. So he departed from him a short distance. So what Naaman is basically saying in verse 18, he's saying, look, let your servant, let the, what does he say? Yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant. So he's saying, may the Lord pardon me as I go back to Syria. And remember, he's, he's the commander. He's like the right hand man to the king of Syria. And he's saying, when I go back and I go into the temple of Ryman in Syria, and and I'm with the king and he, you know, he goes in there with me and he starts worshiping these idols. May the Lord pardon me. Though I go back into the temple and I bow down to these idols with him, may the Lord pardon me. What a mistake. What a misunderstanding of what it truly means to repent. And I, I don't think we're much different, though. You know, I think uh, I think we we are just like him. We want to. We want to be saved. We want to be healed. We want all the accolades from the Lord. But we want to do it our way afterwards. And we want to tell God how to do it. We want to say, God, I put my faith in you. I trust you. Um, I believe in you. I want to be saved. Put, Lord, please, 
allow me to go back to my sin. That's what it, that's what Naaman's saying, and that's what we say all the time. Lord, I want to be saved, but please pardon me as I get drunk on the weekends, just on Saturdays, or as I go back to watching dirty movies or pornography, or I go back to lying, I go back to stealing. Just, just pardon me in just some areas of my life. Whatever it may be, you know what it is that you do. Stop letting the stop trying to get the, the Lord to, to pardon you on everything. God is not a respecter of man. He will not allow it. I'm telling you right now, He will not allow it. So again, that is just like us. We want to follow the Lord, but we want to do it on our own terms. We want God to allow us to go back to our sin while we still say in our own hearts, Hey, I know the Lord while we're living in sin. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, in verse 3, I believe it is, he says, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And if one says that I know the Lord and does not keep his commandments, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. The commandments are what? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I like to say the third one that he gives and a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. John chapter 13, verse 34. And if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, if Naaman loved the Lord as God, who was supposedly his God now, he would never go back to idols. Why? Because in the Ten Commandments, he says that. He says, hey, thou, you shouldn't worship any other idols but me. I'm the only God. We as Christians cannot go back to walking in the flesh because if we do, if we go back to our old sinful lives and we start asking God to pardon us here and there, we're going to fall, we're going to stumble, and we're going to be a misrepresentation for the Lord. We must repent and begin to walk in the Spirit. Whenever you truly are saved, you want nothing more than to glorify God. And let me, let me show you what the Lord says on how we glorify God. Like I said, we must begin to walk in the Holy Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit of God, we're going to begin to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's found in Galatians 5.22. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. All of that is going to be the fruit of our lives. And remember, if we truly repent, we want to glorify God. We'll look at what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 8. He says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So we cannot... We cannot say, I know the Lord, and then pardon, and then ask the Lord to pardon us of our sin and say, I'm going to go back and just keep living in my sin. It doesn't work that way. God wants us to truly seek Him and accept His grace and accept His love, which is His Son, Jesus Christ. And then from there, He wants us to turn away from sin and live for Him, complete devotion to Him for the rest of our lives until He comes back for us. The Lord says He doesn't want us to be ashamed when He comes back for the church. He wants us to be ready, to be looking, prepared for the King. He wants us to be found doing His will, 
What are you doing with your lives? Are you doing the will of God in your life right now? Can you honestly say, all that I'm doing is what God wants me to do? I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect. But I am saying that the Lord wants you to do what He wants you to do. I encourage you to stop what you're doing. Seek Him in prayer and ask Him, what does He want you to do? How can, he, how can you serve Him better? How can you glorify Him until He comes back? Remember, everything that we do on this earth, only that which we do for Jesus Christ will last. Everything else is going to burn. So glorify Him with your lives. Live for Him and be ready for Him because He's coming back soon. God bless everybody.